0: Todd Fox again, again. Hey, hey,
2: hey! Welcome into another episode of the Grinding True Crime podcast with your host Matty Matt, along with our narrator for today, Todd Fox and the other host of the show,
1: Gabby,
2: who is back from her COVID. (laughs) We welcome in to you guys another episode of the Grinding True Crime. Uh, Before we break down the story, we want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in Grinding True Crime. And also, if you want to listen to us, you can go to your podcast stream uh, on Podbean, Spotify, Anchors, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those listening to us outside the country, you can continue to find us on Todd Chaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cash. Go to RedBubble.com, type in Todd Fox 80 and support the cause and purchase some merchandise. And also, leave a five-star rating. It helps us out big time. As always, listeners' discretion is advised. If we do uh, get into uh, details of crimes that's been, uh, that may be... Uh, disturbing for children so uh uh, listener's discretion is advised so uh with that being said todd just told me that this would be a part two so i mean i'm sorry a (laughs) (laughs) two-parter so without further ado let's let todd break down part one of his story tell us what your story is about
0: todd have you heard of a gentleman by the name of jim jones Uh, the rapper <laughs> well from, from from the uh well, he famously started Jonestown
2: I actually have heard the uh, Jim Jim Jones uh, the uh, crime Jim Jones I don't know anything about it but I've heard of it
0: yeah this is I've this is this is basically what the uh the term don't drink the kool-aid came from
2: mm, I've heard that term
0: Yes, yes
2: Don't tell me it has to do with something about Kool-Aid man.
0: You know what, bro? It sure is. No.
2: You know what black people love Kool-Aid, man. Come on, man. Don't don't hurt me now.
0: See see you're, you're breaking into my story because you're giving away two things. It's gonna do with black people and Kool-Aid. Oh my Lord. I'm telling you, that's spoiler alert right Dang. away. Right away.
2: Spoiler alert. You got my attention, brother. Well well <laughs> let's get let's
0: get into it now. Okay, so this is uh Jim Jones. He was uh born on May thirteenth uh 1931. <clears throat> um, he was born oh. to uh Lunet, Luet, N- lunetta sorry and james t jones
1: what's the exact birthday again
0: may 13th wow <laughs> Another...
1: that is exactly to the year my grandmother's birthday
0: <laughs> didn't one of these other killers come on your birthday what, on what, mine <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is going on with your family your family
1: Oh gosh! Why am I crime? I
0: wonder. He was born into it. <laughs> you were met for this.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> so um, they were born in uh, Row Creek, Indiana, or he was born in Row Creek, Indiana. Um, okay. Due to the depression in 1931, the crops were just not growing. The weather was bad. The money was drying up. Uh, just th- you know, no water to be you know shelled out and stuff because. Yeah, everything just wasn't booming at all. Okay. Uh, they moved to another part of Indiana, which is called Lynn. It's this. It was a small town. They struggled uh, just to get by. The father was working mediocre jobs. Um, Where were they going? To what's that?
2: It was <laughs> a little joke. He said just to get by. I said wherever they going. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sorry.
2: I'm supposed sorry. to have
0: the dad jokes here, man. No, Gee.
1: I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me regroup.
0: regroup. You got it, you got it. You're good. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) he was working mediocre jobs to keep food on the table. Um, But roles would reverse because James could not, the father, could not keep a job and would start to drink and gamble. Uh Uh But Luetta, to her um, credit, was a trailblazer for her time period, which most women did not work in factories until like the 40, you know, late forties wartime, world war two. Mm-hmm. But she went right into the, uh, the workforce began working multiple jobs, working in factories, which was unheard of for her day as well. But she took full, um, uh, full credit for putting food on the table and supporting the family and becoming the breadwinner. So that was mm-hmm. definitely different. Okay. That's sad yeah yeah i mean she did what she had to do though
1: she no, did absolutely her credit. to her i'm just saying like that's sad
0: yeah now if you're doing the math at home right now you're thinking okay well what is the father doing at this time while she's at at work well he's mm-hmm. he's still drinking and he's still gambling and maybe doing a side job or a side hustle here and there so if the father's gone all day and the mother's gone all day, and this is now 1935, four years later, who's watching Jim? Anybody? He was
1: an only child? Only child. <gasps> mm. What in the world?
2: Yes. Uh, they didn't have Barney back then, so, so whoever, well, they probably didn't have TVs. Um, Nobody. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's no tablets to give the children, as most exactly. ter- most <laughs> terrible people, uh, terrible parents in this world will do to their kids. Like, ah, they're two, three years old. Give them a tablet, let them let them work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a ki- uh, not a Kindle, but uh, well, at least with a Kindle they would learn something. But they just mm-hmm. give them like an iPad or whatever.
2: Give my iPad.
0: Yes, but um, no. Jim Jones was four years old at the night at 1935. With one of those little, you know, those little pool wagons, the red ones. Oh yeah, yeah. He taught himself how to walk with one of those wagons, holding himself. Oh up. wow! Yes. So
1: he was home minute. alone.
0: He Wait was home. Hold he on. was home alone.
2: He was uh, I, I, and I'm not trying to brag, or brag on anybody. He was teaching himself how to walk
0: at four years old. or Correct. Correct. Shouldn't he already know how to buy this? Well there's no one home on there home to uh to take care of him. Yeah. He's doing it himself.
2: Uh, okay. All right. All right. That uh, is crazy. That's pretty that's pretty Yeah. I already this shows that a uh,
0: huge neglect. Yeah, and we've done shows before like when we talked about Turnbull Canyon where, you know, in the desperate times of the um the Dust Bowl and all the uh you know the downtime with um or just a depression, people would sell their kids. Uh-huh. So it's not like oh, you yeah. had, it's not like you had a, uh, what is it called? Those social, um, social workers around to check on kids. Cause that didn't exist back then. Mm-hmm. So, so a kid like Jim is walking around malnutritioned, hungry, um, dirty and viewed by the neighborhood around there as the dirty white trash kid walking up and down the street with a wagon. Mm. So, to, uh, Jim, to pass the time, Jim began to get stray animals, whether it was birds, you know, I don't know how he caught them, but he would uh, get uh, steal chickens, uh, stray cats, and he had like a chicken coop and lock them in certain cages to just keep them. You know, he just started collecting animals, even possums. So what? Yeah, he's <clears throat> so from the age of four on up to eight. Or seven at this time, or I'm sorry, six years old. He's amassed a pretty good amount of animals, including seven stray dogs that were mid-sized dogs, including two of them that were bigger than he was. That would oh, just wow. that would just walk with him wherever he went. Oh wow! So he had a call. Yeah, I guess you know he had some <laughs> sort of way with animals.
1: Well, he was um, alone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, he was literally raised by a pack of dogs you know um, <laughs> Dr. okay
1: i said kudos to that mom but knowing she neglected her child that bad i mean no no oh yeah A it... good mom if you're trying to go get food on the table and feed your kid but you that kind of mom would have a nanny i mean if i could
0: afford one exactly then
1: what is she working for if she's not taking care of a kid, what is the money for?
0: Rent? I don't know. To uh, keep a place over their head? Yeah, they weren't exactly living in, like, uh, I would say, like, destitute, but they had... But they were like, you know, if, if one of them didn't work, they were going to be on the street. So it was like they were just mm. trying to stay <clears throat> off the street. But they were letting yeah. the boy be on the street, though, so that that was nice. <clears throat>
2: well,
0: there you have it. But the mama one day got a uh, Luetta got um, got into a, uh, what is it, uh, a predicament because she wanted to discipline Jim for not coming home when she told him to. And she tried Ooh. to move in and remove Jim away from his dogs when two of the dogs snapped and bit her. <gasps> yeah, they protected their master. Wow. He had control over these dogs. Wow. Yeah.
1: If the dogs raised him, they're going to (laughs) fight.
0: Yeah, he's a pack leader, apparently.
1: (laughs) I'm not trying to laugh at the situation. It's just like, who do you think you are? Like,
0: (laughs) For real? Yeah, yeah. So as he would grow up, he would notice that parents, when he would go to school, would support their children in school activities such as sports, um, plays, things of that nature, or even parent-teacher conferences. His parents, Mm -hmm. his parents didn't give a damn. They never came. They never showed any love, any care, nothing. Um, They were always busy with themselves or with whatever they were trying to get their hands on or to do in life. So um, Jim now in high school began to talk to his friends about things and views in his life. And people used to not really listen all that much, but he got... The attention of a couple young boys who would say that you know later on that he was kind of uh believable and the things the outlandish things he would say and he had a way and a charisma about himself so he yeah. began to talk to these young kids about morality and love the bible and the future so it seems oh, harmless here we go, right? go. so kind of familiar yeah yeah so he's preaching. He's preaching his word, you know. And 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 Jim at this time has a bit of a lisp, so he's got a little bit of a speech impediment. But the way that his hey. career... <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> nothing about you, man. I'm <laughs> just saying. <Pope> <laughs>
1: like the lisp.
0: Oh. Leave me alone. That's like, damn you, lisp. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> So one day he invited about 10 friends over to his awesome house to where he had been keeping the animals in the backyard. And this is like six years later. You know, he's a teenager and uh, he's got a lot of animals now. Um, he He made a special like sort of podium and a stage to where it was high above where the kids were. So he was talking down to them. And so they kind of looked at him like, wow, this kid's pretty cool. Like he's got a cool little setup. And to his surprise on their faces, they were mesmerized. And they were pretty much just eating whatever he was speaking. And his mom was watching from the house and she was impressed. The Mm -hmm. first time that she took notice of her son, basically. And the other kids. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's impressing his mom, even though he probably did it on accident, you know? Um, the other kids began to tell the other kids in school and in the neighborhood to come over and listen to Jim talk. And, um, J- Jim began to influence others and to like listen to what he said, to even read some of the things that he was writing. That he wrote his own little like papers and, and would hand it to him. So, wow. so, because, okay. so because of this, um, He's about 15, 16 years old, and he begins to, um, out of old clothes that he got from the Salvation Army, he would start to make himself a robe and a preacher's hat, <laughs> a makeshift preacher's hat, and would walk the neighborhood talking to everybody.
2: I'm sorry. I, 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 no disrespect. No disrespect. It just reminds me of a kid that I grew up with in in my neighborhood. And we used to call him Preacher Boy because he used to walk around the neighborhood. And this is in the hood, Watts, California. And he would walk around with a tambourine, a freaking bathrobe, and walk around. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. It just brought flashbacks (laughs) to me.
0: (laughs) I mean, look there was a guy new too that would just walk around and be like praise jesus jesus loves you and he would just everything was jesus like thank yeah. you like he'd pick up a watermelon at the store and be like thank you jesus i'm like okay we get it he's very thankful i mean hey hey he's very thankful so hey kudos to this kid yeah i mean some people are just like that but uh this kid but i mean there must have been patches on that hat or something, and it had to have looked funny. That's all I'm saying. I just wish there was a picture. There is none. Um. So whatever he was doing with his getup or whatever, it was working. But he, he just started – He he. It got to a point where he started getting books from the Salvation Army or whoever would donate them, and he began to make makeshift bookshelves, bringing flowers from the neighborhood, stealing them from other yards, and, and – <laughs> Making it look like a backyard church with the animals in the background. Uh, He was
2: Noah and that was his ark, huh?
0: Yes. But, Mm -hmm. but, it's not all Uh good. It's not all good.
2: I was about to say, so far this kid doesn't sound too alarming.
0: Well, let me ask you two, what do you think Jim begins to do with the animals? Oh, crap.
1: The typical animal abuse that comes before you get into killing people.
2: Okay. Well, I'm going to say this is what he does. He climbs up his stairs. He he, he sacrificed one of his sheep <laughs> and says, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to cut off your heart and give it to God and say hallelujah. I, I think he makes a, a sacrifice
1: one of his sheep
2: I don't you know, know one of the... his sheep
0: I didn't, I didn't think he got a sheep but you know we'll go with that oh
2: okay you but, but you... this is Indiana he got one of his dogs and, <laughs> and, and, and sacrificed them.
0: I'll tell you this you guys are both correct except you went off of the rails of the sheep and the other stuff but you were <laughs> basically what he did was he started this way he's like you know what I'm gonna cut off a duck's foot and then I'm gonna tape it to a chicken and watch it run around <laughs> with it's foot on it. Whatever Whoa.
1: that,
0: yeah, whatever that was for, he made his point. He also mutilated the other, uh, some other animals in the name of science, and also, like Matt said, to sacrifice to not God but himself. Oh, okay. Yes. Now,
1: oh, that's disturbing.
0: Yes, yes, big time. To which it freaks out some of the kids, including his best friend, which he thought was one of his top lieutenants. Air quotes. Um, he punished.
2: did he this in front of kids.
0: Yes, in front of kids. Yes, and oh, wow. including his bit his best friend, which he traumatized, and so he, with his top lieutenant and his basically his elder of his congregation, freaking out. Um, he had to make an example of the kid. So he took him on a hot Indiana day and locked him in his attic that was unfinished for over four hours.
1: Oh, that's wrong.
0: And he had to come out apologizing. That was his punishment. That was his punishment, yeah. Look at here, man. Look at here.
2: (laughs) 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 Hey, hey man. You call yourself a man of God or whatever you want, this little boy. If he. I wish somebody would lock me up in somewhere, boy. <laughs> and then I had to apologize, boy.
0: Yep. Man. Okay.
2: <laughs> Go ahead, Todd.
0: <laughs> so, so that all that was was a loyalty test, and he supposedly passed it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So he came out apologizing, and Jim forgave him. And blessed be to Jim because everything's all good now. So, Ooh, boy. Yeah. So he Jim began to search for an identity for his church. So he he literally went on a crusade in all of Lynn and visiting Richmond uh, town, the town of Richmond, which is the next town over. He went to every freaking church he could figure, any any kind of faith, anything to find anything that matched what he was preaching, and he wanted okay. to f- find his his uh, calling. Only one church stood out to him, and they were made fun of by most of the white people in the in the um, in the area which was they used to call them holy rollers but they were evangelical pentecostals who were most, who were mostly black it was a congregation that would sing and dance in the aisles they had their own bands or you know singers and choirs and they also began to chant and speak in tongues and he was and he was blown away by their enthusiasm and as a young white boy with a lisp, he walked into the church and they accepted him like nothing. Wow. So he was like, this is... Wait a minute. huh? He's white? He's white, yeah. Mm.
1: He said he looked like white trash.
2: No, no, no. I know he said that, but <laughs> you know, I, I, I know he said that, but the name Loretta, the mom's name, Loretta. I ain't never heard no <laughs> white woman named Loretta. So I, that kind of threw me
0: off. Hey, look, and my at gra- the
2: beginning you said Kool Aid.
0: Well, my my grand my grandma was named Hildegard. so they, they got rid of a lot of those names back in the day. So those aren't, those there aren't I'm used on. anymore.
2: Preach, teach me, Todd.
0: <laughs> um. So despite this, you know, it's like the you know this is right after World War II. He's approaching eighteen years of of age. Um. Mm-hmm he's beginning you know it's it's 1949 by this time um four years later after the war is over and if you remember in the history books you know there was a calm after the storm but then the, but then all of a sudden the storm came back and there was a bit of a cold war or a maybe a world war three with russia and you know people were you know communism versus capitalism socialism all this other stuff was going on and he began to lean towards communism and he started to fade away from religion he started talking about social causes and stuff like that and he he just he felt that there was there had to be something different you know he Mm -hmm. had to find something that fit everybody um so he began to preach his views on communism and the bible to mostly urban minority areas and the importance of social justice and rights for all. So equal opportunity. So it was a message. It was a message that was positive, but Mm -hmm. he had his underlining issues for saying it basically. Got it. Yeah. So at the age of 18, he needed a job to carry on because, you know, being a preacher and wearing those outfits wasn't cheap and he had to have, you know, pamphlets and everything to give away and, so you need to pay for all that stuff. So he got a job at a nursing home at the age of eighteen, where he met a fellow nurse uh, by the name of Marceline, who was twenty-three Ooh. years old, and just you know, at the age of eighteen in nineteen forty-nine, he married her. Whoa! Whoa. Okay, yeah. just like that.
2: Just like that. Huh?
0: Just like that. Yeah. Um, in the cradle, <laughs> right? Um. <laughs> but in 1950 just a year into marriage jim jones began to become a very domineering and angry husband towards Mar- marceline Uh-oh. um she was shocked because she was raised christian and most of her christian men that she knew in her lives with her family or um, in her churches were very nice and sweet to their wives for the most part but jim was domineering both behind closed doors and out in public and so Ooh everything he said was right and everything she said was wrong and his political and views on religion countered everything she knew about what her faith was as a Christian growing up okay so Marceline feared that Jim would become an atheist so in 19 yeah Yeah, so in 1952 this is part of her problem or her fault um, she discovered a new creed written by the Methodist church um, okay. and in this creed of the Methodist Church, it was written to help those who were, um, it was Bible-based, but also it was pushed towards the minorities and also social justice issues and the value of people being one family with no separate identity or race in between. Okay. So this is just what Jim wanted the entire time. He wanted a Bible to base his beliefs off of and he finally found it.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh he began to read the Methodist Bible from front to cover or um back to front, sorry. Um he shifted <laughs> <laughs> he shifted his focus to becoming the first integrated church of black and white Methodist believers in the Indiana area. So this is pretty big. You know, he's actually doing something that a lot of people were scared of doing. Mm. Yeah, so he's, I mean, it sounds right. I mean, what are, what are your uh, thoughts on him so far?
2: I mean, so far, he seems like a, a social justice person, you know, as they say, social justice warrior. He, he, he sounds like he wants equality for all. So, so far, I don't see, other than his, you know, dominating dominating his wife, you know, you know that's probably the only negative in the sacrifice of the animals that's probably the only negative on him but other than that so far he seems decent
1: not to me I think for the days that that he's living in he's extreme
2: mm-hmm. Jimmy Hoffa was extreme
1: well, I'm and- just saying like especially when it came to the racist juice i was really frowned upon but he seems to not be afraid of anything like
2: that's what i'm saying
1: he's gonna do
2: that's what i'm saying he he seems like someone that's fighting for rights of others you know so it sounds like he it's seems. i'm gonna say seems because clearly there might be a twist
0: no there's plenty of twists in this one (laughs) he he also reminded me of roy Orbison from the day back in the day was a singer in the 60s and 70s um late fifties, mostly there always wore, <laughs> <laughs> always wore sunglasses, kind of had like a white man perm, you know, and that's kind of what Jim Jones looked like. All right. Um, so he created such a charisma that like, no matter where he talked, he, an audience would always grow or a crowd would like at least listen to how he was, what he was saying because he just was one of those dudes. And he, you he know, had he, gift. he had that gift. Yeah. And he, um, he began to get funds and he opened up his first church in Richmond in, uh, Indiana. <clears throat> so, he's moving forward, you know, he's he's doing things right now. Um but when he started the church, he began to do well magic tricks. Uh uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, as
1: as magic.
0: Yeah, as some televangelists, I don't know if you guys have seen in the back, you know, in, in the, back in the day when um you know, you watch on TV and some guys like, you know, he starts faith healing or saying, hey, you know, oh,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, I could do this or we're going to make this alive. If you just send $30 here, we're going to pray for you. And those prayers go straight to God and you're going to get what you want. And people are like, where's my credit card? And then they make the phone call right, <laughs> right away. So. Oh, yeah.
1: that's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they make
0: people walk and see. Yeah. 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 But but see here's the thing though he didn't have actors right away, so what Jim would do is remember all those animals he had uh-huh. that, that didn't stop coming so what Jim would do is using animal body parts he mm. would he would wear these long sleeve on the robes on his robes, and um, he would ask the crowd if anyone was suffering from an ail- ailment that they would wish that he would be able to show his congregation and others that he could that he can heal. And so one one day a um, a uh, uh, man said I have a tumor and I'm afraid that it's going to kill me and can you can you help me? I can't afford a doctor. So he says, "Brother, come up here and I will save you. I will I will get this out of your body as God has given me the power to do so." And then <laughs> so he walk up on the stage and and you know he he's he starts Talk about right. Yeah, he starts chanting over him, and you know, and all the parishioners are putting their hands towards God, like eh, it's gonna happen. And then you know he slides out from under his sleeve a chunk of like a bloody mass, like either from a pig or from something that looks human. Mm. And then he like mm. like reaches into the man's mouth and pulls it out and says, "I have your tumor right here. You are healed by the name of God and myself, the people's temple." <laughs> Has struck again! There you go. <laughs> and there's a bloody mass in his hand, so he shows the crowd, and the crowd is like, oh my god, did you see that? And they're all, someone invent a credit card so we can give it to that man.
1: Dude, they was you it all it up. so vivid. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture
0: it. He sounds 100% accurate, too. <laughs> i know it's like i was thinking man that's got to be him you know i mean they don't they don't have no sound but like that's what i would imagine it being you know but uh (laughs) so my goodness yeah so word of mouth you know travels far and you know indiana poverty area you know i gotta pull out the accent but it's it's what happened you know they'd be like hey did you hear about that faith healer down the street (laughs) He, like, pulled the tumor, like, right out of his mouth. And then the other guy's like, for real? For real? Oh, my God. And then all of a sudden, there's another believer right there. Word of mouth. Word of mouth.
2: It's a powerful thing.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So uh, So now he
2: got his audience.
0: Yeah, so now people that can't afford surgeries, unfortunately, he's not healing anybody. So, like, these people are like, my tumor has gone. You know, like, my syphilis, it's gone. My gonorrhea. You know, like, they're all, like, happy. It's gone. (laughs) Even though I'm still itching, it's gone. (laughs) (laughs) They're not getting treatment. They're listening to this guy, and he's just, like, racking in the the money. Eating it up. Oh, yeah. He's like, as long as you give the money, that's all that God really appreciates. He knows that money is from your heart. And that money from your heart will faith and build in you the strength to be healed through my hands (laughs) So yeah that happened (laughs) (laughs) you
1: practice this
0: You want to practice this time you on rough just a little bit yeah just a little bit (laughs) sorry I was like, man, I really have a good church guy-like sound. Like, I could use that. I could use that. Oh, my goodness.
2: Look, good well, it's feeling good.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I hope the audience likes it, too. <laughs> I'm sure they will. <laughs> um, so the, the church just kept getting bigger. And um, he actually did something smart, too. He decided, he's like, you know what? I've got to have... Uh, black leaders in my congregations. Like I want them, to, you know, know, I want them to be at the forefront to help others come to the church and show that look, we're a people of all people. So we're not just white people. We're black people. We're all in this together. We're a family. So he preached that, and the church just continues to grow to where now they move from a small town in Lynn, right to the heart of Indianapolis, Indiana, in 1950. So within nine years, he's got now 300 parishioners and and he like like 300 loyal parishioners. So they're following him wherever they go. And the donations are opening up new things for him to where he's like, you know what? I need to help. Well, quote unquote, again, air quotes. I need to help people get my message. So he purchases two nursing homes and two soup kitchens. To where what's at those um, soup kitchens usually in you know nursing homes you Which think one? or what what type of people i mean are at the nursing homes and soup kitchens
1: oh, yeah, really? greedy people
0: <laughs> <laughs> no um <laughs> uh,
2: soup kitchens and nursing homes
0: yeah like soup kitchens are like for the poor
2: oh yeah yeah, yeah. uh Mainly homeless
0: people. Yeah, homeless people, people that are Mm -hmm. desperate. Yeah, nursing homes, old people usually that somewhat have money or or sometimes can access money or whatever money they're getting from the government or have saved up. Mm -hmm. So he's like, before you pass on to the inevitable grave that will be next to God, you must sacrifice your earthly possessions to the church, to the temple of the people to the people's temple and then to the soup, to the poor people. He's like, I will feed you the soup of the waters of God that will flow through your body, that will kill your ailments and help you move and have a better life. You need to be a part of something. Thank you, Jim Jones. I mean, Jesus, thank you. Jesus, not Jim Jones, but thank Jim Jones later as you donate. So, yeah, that, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, my goodness. So, okay. I think Todd's secretly a preacher. Yeah, that's
0: okay. <laughs> he's, he's too good at this. Hey, um, we'll set up a Patreon so the listeners can donate <laughs> to the Temple of uh, Todd. <laughs> Just say. Oh, Todd. <laughs> we call it TT for Are short. We're
2: going to be your Archbishop.
0: <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Be TT for short. Um so a couple months later, with all this stuff going on, this is again 1958, Marceline wanted children. She felt that it was time to have children. Oh. Jim Jim was like, I'm not ready to have children. I have my own children, and they're my parishioners, and I will lead them to the promised land. She's like, Alright, enough already. I want a child. And then um he's like, Well there was this prostitute that left a black child at my church steps, so she is your now daughter and sure enough that was her daughter what yeah they adopted a little black girl that was left by a, a prostitute at the church wow wow yep and a couple months okay. later a couple months later um he's like we are gonna mix this up we are gonna now have two korean kids as my children's and I will now have one black child and one two uh, and two Korean children, because those uh, are my people. There are no colors. They're just my children, as you all are in my church, under jo- George <laughs> under Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then he accidentally, um, his pullout game wasn't good, unfortunately, and Marceline. Marceline would give birth to their one and only natural born child in 1959. Uh-oh. And uh, they went by the very humble name of Stefan Gandhi Jones. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Gandhi. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Um, then at the same time, he's like, I need my son, Mr. Gandhi, to have a twin brother. A twin brother, I say. I say a twin brother. And. <laughs> What he did was, he's like, that parishioner in the aisle three of my church does not want his child, so that child will become mine. And then someone said, but that child is black. How is it the twin brother of Gandhi? You don't know that race does not exist in my family. We are a rainbow family. Every color will exist in our family. And everyone's like, whatever you say, geez. I mean, Jim and moved on with his rainbow family. So let me get this
2: straight. Let me get this straight. Yes. They got two black kids, mm-hmm. two Korean kids, mm-hmm. and one natural white kid. By Correct. Them.
0: Correct. And the white kid All is the, twin brother the, the black kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, the thing is, that would be like if if your mom would be like, yeah, I have twin brothers. You're our twin sons, and and it's me and you. And they're looking at us like, wait, light. <laughs> That's my twin son. Sunday, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it was. So, oh my god, he would parade his kids in downtown Indianapolis. Like, look at my rainbow family. We can all exist under the lives of Jesus, Jim Jones, Jesus, Jesus, Jim Jones. We will all just donate <laughs> your money, and you can be as loving as we are. All one people, one people. That's what it was. Wow. Yeah. So. A showcase. It was. It was a showcase. Um, but the <laughs> because he was doing this, the Indianapolis leaders were like, "Wow, you know what? This guy is a trailblazer. So he's he's attacking social justice issues. You know, it's so like." He
2: was- <laughs> sjw before sjw was really big
0: yeah the white leaders were like wow he's taking care of all the minorities we don't have to do anything all right <laughs> let's give him some money he could do it <laughs> wow he's really doing god's work or if the work we don't want to do <laughs> That's the bonus, you know what i mean so he's Dang. yeah because i mean think about it he's 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 taking care of old people, even though they're given money behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. He's taking care of um, the homeless, but he's putting them to work as well. Mm-hmm. So he's getting free labor. So it's working both ways. It looks nice on the outside, but he's got his underlining ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, at this point, he starts to gradually not mention God too much. And um, you know he's starting to really? make this about himself to where he would be giving uh sermons and being like i know matt mattie matt has been doing some things behind the scenes and, and god is hurting my soul right now my soul is hurting i'm having a whole heart attack and he would go to the ground clutching his chest and then the parishioner would come out and be like it's me i've sinned i've sinned against you jim i've sinned against god and he's like i feel much better now if you hadn't done that i would surely die that is your faith that you have in me that i can touch god you are now cleansed (laughs) what yeah people are like oh my god yes pull out your credit cards what yep so, think people will and well. people are eating this stuff, they are eating this well. up like crazy. I've probably gone too much with the uh, the preacher, but I'll try to stay away from them. <laughs> I've gone too much into character. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he even had uh, so what he would do too to keep because he's doing this to keep the, the people in line, you know, over the mm-hmm. years, and so <clears throat> he even had a couple um, leaders of the congregation go out and hire people. To become fake like parishioners and to get to know the people in the congregation to know their fears, their hopes, their likes, their loves. So that way they can get it back to him to where he can now walk up there and be like, now see you in the back. And he would tell tell the lady, I know what you, what, what, what ails you. You're scared of spiders. And your mom beat you when you were little. And they were like, oh my God, how does he know that? He's like, I know mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he's being mm-hmm. told and given the information and he's using it against people now. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow.
0: So he's manipulating him left and right.
1: What a fraud.
0: <laughs> wow. Exactly. Wow. Yeah.
2: So this Jim Jones guy was ahead of his
0: time. Oh, he's way ahead of his time. <clears throat> way ahead of his time. Um, so at this time, too, in, in, you know, we're approaching the 60s, Cold War, peace and love. All this stuff is all just blossoming and people are scared of nuclear missiles. So Jim Jones became obsessed with this as well. And his teachings became more about the end of days and the destruction and how can you be safe? And, and where what, or what are you going to do when the economy falls apart and when there's nowhere to go to where Jim Jones said well there's only one place you can go and that's with me and if you give up all your earthly possessions and come to a place that I found in South America why in South America would you say he wanted to go there mm, South America what's in
2: South America uh, Brazil um, uh, the jungle. The jungle. He wanted to get away from the oh, the animals in the jungle.
0: <clears throat> kind of, but his his reasoning was, I want to take you into the heart of South America, past those areas like a Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Like I want to take you into the mountainous areas to where, if there's nuclear fallout, the peaks of the mountains will keep that air out. Now we all know that's pretty dumb thinking. Mm-hmm. If it was, but that's but that's what he was preaching to his people and they said that you don't want to be caught in the crossfire of russia united states and cuba just firing missiles against each other and the the humanity will be over and only you can stay with me i'm gonna build a communal uh, life down there to where we uh, where we can all benefit and live forever one of those types So
1: it didn't have anything to do with god anymore
0: no it became about his beliefs God. yes he was god <clears throat> he be- Jim Jones. Yep, Jim Jones. Um, <laughs> so he needed new blood, and needed new guidance. Um, and and, and he he needed to get down to South America. So <clears throat> he he wanted to go and preach down there and try to recruit. So as he's recruiting down there in South America, in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, the main cities, it's not going good. Um, Question. Not- uh huh.
1: How much is this guy worth at this point?
0: Um, hundreds of thousands at this point. Oh okay. yeah. For, and it's not much, but it, back then that's a lot of money.
1: Yeah. Yeah, back then probably. It's <sighs> like now he would be a
0: millionaire. Yeah, because people are selling their homes and, and giving the deeds and whatnot to the church. Wow. Wow. Yeah, because he's moved them into a communal area. Um. And we're gonna to get to more of that right now because what he, what he's doing he's making money hand over fist but he's not really taking off and he's not finding the area that he wants to move to now at the same time the government or not the government but the um the city leaders of indianapolis are becoming wise to his his stuff they're beginning to hear rumors of you know abuse uh they're they're hearing rumors of you know, the money's going to the wrong areas. People are, you know, there's cert- certain people are defecting while he's gone, and they're sort of like just going rank against the religion and telling local leaders, hey, you need to investigate. So as they start to investigate, um, Jim Jones comes back to America, goes to Indianapolis and says, hey, you know what? We got to move to San Francisco. I just got a faith, uh, a message from God saying that that Indianapolis is going to be the heart of the nuclear fallout, and San Francisco will be shielded by God's hand. So we've got to leave now. So he got the only extremely gullible to come with him. A lot of the people saw the writing on the wall finally and woke up and stayed in Indianapolis because he was telling people like, "Look, you got to leave. You got to leave. All you got to sell all your stuff. Give us the money, and say goodbye to any unbelieving family member that you have, and just come with us to California." So.
1: Dang.
0: Yep, yep. So wow. this is this is now 1967. Where where he's like okay, you know, cuz he's spent a couple years in in South America. So nothing was working there. So all this happens. So guess what city in California they wound up in. And I'll say it's in Northern California and you guys both know this area.
2: Let we, me guess. Ukiah, we,
0: California. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is the th- this is the
0: third story. <laughs> Ukiah, California, man. Wow. The
2: there is a lot of in the middle of nowhere with trees and natives.
0: There is a lot of history where your brother lives. I'll just say that right now. <laughs> That's
1: wow.
0: You're gonna find some bones up in there. Just. I bet, you know trip what? over you,
2: You're probably right, man. I guarantee you, there's some bones up in the mountains.
1: You guys are gonna go on a trip you now. God dang
2: right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Cabins behind that mark with we're gonna, the mountains.
2: You gonna bring Todd? You we're gonna get our detective gloves?
0: Matt's God gonna be right. like, Matt's like, is there a metal detector that you could like switch <laughs> it over to bones? Because we're gonna find some bones up here, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man!
0: Goodness. So, <laughs> so out of the almost a thousand at this time parishioners, he had only a hundred and forty made it out to San Francisco. Oh wow! <clears throat> yeah. Um. But, so in in San Francisco, though, he had a uh, not uh, not San Francisco. I'm sorry, Ukiah. <laughs> but, but he had enough money to build himself an office, a four story office in the heart of San Francisco to run the operations of his church. And then he bought a church downtown. And then the people that came with him were forced to live off the land and start over, start their own communal huts and houses and shacks and farm the land and take care of themselves. While
1: So they gave their money and he wasn't taking care of them anymore.
0: Exactly. They had to follow the prophecy and do things and work and work hard for anything that they would have. And if they weren't helping there, they were helping in his soup kitchens that he would now open up in Northern California in the uh, Frisco and Oakland area, as well as moving down south to Los Angeles. Wow. Yes.
1: They wouldn't get paid for this, so it was like all volunteer work?
0: It was all volunteer work. Free Mm -hmm. labor.
1: Mm -hmm. In
0: the name of Jesus, I mean,
1: Jim Jones.
0: Jim Jones, yeah. And they would actually... They would start selling artifacts or like like you know blankets, um, you know knit things, anything that people could do. They would sell those things without getting a profit to themselves. It would go right to the church. Wow. Yep.
2: Jesus.
0: So in 1969, just two years after the move, his mm-hmm. parishioners went from 300 to 3,000 in 1973.
2: Dude.
0: Jesus. Yep, a hundred times. And this is the thing: eighty percent of them were work. black. Oh wow! Yeah. And nobody
1: he, eventually sued him. Like all the ones that didn't follow.
0: Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that because there are there are some instances where the families were seeking um, lawyers. Uh, beautiful... uh, yeah, police. Um, or investigations because their families were just, like, ignoring them completely, you know, and they wanted wow. their families back, and they, they couldn't get them. Wow. <clears throat> he had a hold on him. So the People's Temples, they were called, were recruiting at an alarming rate, and they were starting to get noticed by local government as well. But they looked at them as, well, they're running soup kitchens, they're running, um, you know, health services for the elderly this is a great you know good thing for the community and all the while nobody was taking into it to uh, to note that he was preaching about nuclear annihil- um, annihilation and the community being destroyed if they did not follow his himself and at the same time the mm-hmm. faith the faith uh what are the faith healings that he was producing which was basically uh stealing money from people Yeah. Yeah. So in 1971, he had a big outdoor event where there was probably a couple thousand people there. A lot of people, recruits were, you know, being in and everything. And um, basically, he was out there giving a sermon when someone ran up and shot him. Shot Jim Jones? Shot Jim Jones, yeah. Uh Uh-oh. And so he was on the ground and the people were yelling and screaming and like freaking out. And, and they were like, oh, my God. And, you know, at this time, Jim Jones actually has armed, you know, people, you know, so, uh, around him or at least a couple armed guards. And mm-hmm. they did not fire back at the guy. The guy ran away and, then, you know, a couple people chased him and they're like, oh, my God. No, no, not not Jim, not father, because at this time they're calling him father. So everybody's calling wow. him father. Uh-oh. There could be an eighty year old and they're, they're like Father Jones. You know, like like I love Father Jones. He healed my <laughs> pancreas and my kidney <laughs> issues. You know, like like they're <laughs> like no not no, father.
1: No. <laughs> the father The father the father yeah.
0: And so We
2: have a neighbor actually that they call them the father. Oh really? He's like some pastor.
0: Don't drink his Kool-Aid. That's for sure. You'll as you'll you'll find out later.
2: (laughs) Oh man! Don't tell. Don't hurt my. Don't hurt time
0: I'm sorry, man. I'm but part two is gonna hurt you really bad. I'm just just saying. Um. So people were stunned. They were crying. They were they were trying to get as close as they could to the stage. They carried his body backstage, and then it was eerily quiet for about ten minutes. And then all of a sudden, when the people were just like, you know, crying and like, oh my God, father is down. He's, he's been killed. Why would they do that? Blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, Jim Jones comes out from behind the curtains with his bloody shirt and lifts his shirt up and says, I have fear. I have healed myself in the name of Jim Jones, not Jesus, Jim Jones, because I have the power. Oh I have the power. And he goes, It was a show. It was a cap gun, yes. What? It it looked really realistic to everybody in the audience. Wow. And all this did was convince more people to sign up and more people to donate to where he's making nearly $30,000 every month. What? Yeah.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, he's just racking up the dough right now so wow. <clears throat> Jim to his credit though I will give him credit for this the cult is growing but he's not satisfied by just being on the west coast now now he's like you know what we're gonna invest this money into buses and we're gonna we're gonna and in the whole saying what the white people said back in the day which he thought was kind of racist when they called the the black parishioners holy rollers he's like I'm going to paint holy rollers on our buses because we're literally rolling from town to town, from city to city, to state to state to preach my word. And that's what they did. Mm. Mm. My word. Yeah, exactly. Not Jesus! Jim's! (laughs) Jim's word. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Um, my goodness. He had his own
1: Bible
0: now? He had his own Bible. And, um... So he's the settlement is growing. They're they're farming, it's looking legit, but they're <clears throat> it's a compound now. They build walls around it and everything. It's, it's just they've got now thousands of people living there. And um now that the kids have to go to because the local leaders were like, hey, you know what? You have a lot of kids in those communities, they need to go to school. And mm-hmm. basically, you know, the kids are forced to go to public school now. So the parents aren't happy about it, but the kids start going and the kids are mouthing off, like literally, like especially in history books or history classes or they start talking about creation. They're like, hey, you know what, uh, you know, isn't it beautiful how the sun rises in the in the West and sets in the East? And then one of the kid, the punk kids from uh, from the settlement are like, that's only because Jim made it. So oh, Hello. <laughs> Stupid teacher. I mean, God, if it's not for Jim, none of this is happening, right? Right, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the People kids start
2: eating this stuff up. Huh?
0: People are actually eating that stuff up. Yeah, the kids are too. They're all like, Psh, father created all that. <laughs> father was back in the history. I mean, he was there with Napoleon. Come on now. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so the teachers are highly annoyed by these kids that are speaking up and acting stupid and then mm-hmm. they start to see bruising so then they they see that there's neglect that they're being whipped, hit they f- some of the kids say that they go on marches when they act when they uh sp- you know speak out or they uh, they get in trouble to where as mm-hmm. young as 9 years old they're going on 5 mile hiking trips
1: dang
0: yeah. are you serious yeah so
1: he's severe with his punishments
0: huh oh he is he is And so, like, now you're at a time where there are social workers and now they're going to start looking in and investigating the the child neglect and abuse. So now you have that happening. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then you have the adults who are being punished as well.
2: What? (laughs) Are you kidding
0: me? Yeah. Jim would would punish them with beatings or whippings. And then Jim would just, out of fun, he'd be like... (sighs) I have a premonition from God that Julie, although married to Gary, needs to sleep with mm, Robert right there. They need to have sex and, and and have sex for three months, and then they may return to the partner. He would do that. What? Yes. What? And they would have sex with each other and be like, well, Jim's the father said it was so, so let's make it so. <laughs> what? Yeah, they were they were openly he would make couples become open marriages and open relationships
1: what a freak
0: mm. yes yeah, so so he's controlling the people like paul he like
1: i'm out of this church <laughs> <That> <laughs> yeah, <right. ain't> happening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like I wonder if any of one of the parishioners was like oh okay I'm gonna be with wait wait you want me to no can you pick somebody else <laughs> like like She's not that you see her, right? And like Jim is like, but the but Jesus told me himself that Jim, you have the power to match make, and he's like, but, but, but no, but but you see, she's not all that attractive. Like, can I get somebody up? Can you like reset? Can I get a can I get a mom? Oh, you, oh, you know, they was they was nitpicking. Oh, yeah,
2: they sure were. Father, don't you mean sister, sister Jones?
0: I mean... <laughs> You know she doesn't have a butt, right? It's I mean, close. come on. <laughs> He's like, you know, one of the parishioners. Is like, you know, I like big butts, and I can't deny, right? You know, like <laughs> the other brothers can't deny, right? And who's with me?
1: When the sister walks in with the itty bitty
0: wig, in your face, you get sprung. <laughs> ah, sir, mix a lot. We love you. Oh, mixing. <laughs>
2: I love that he you guys a lot. I love that I love that yes, you guys chimed in though. Work. He sure was mixing a lot of marriage.
0: <laughs> he sure was. But I, I like I like how you guys just like nothing. You didn't miss a beat. That was awesome. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> um so obviously this was causing a lot of problems with much of the husbands and wives and the couples and everything. <clears throat> and um Jim Jones was not, you know, it's not like he was being you know, a nice guy this entire time. He was having affairs as far back as Indianapolis. Oh, I bet. (laughs) Yeah, so he's been doing it for years, but all of a sudden now he's open to it, to where he's openly sleeping with women, to where he had children with three other women in his church. Yeah.
1: And what did the wife think of that?
0: Uh, She said it was God's will.
2: She wasn't allowed to
1: think. Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah um and then Jim Jim would also here's a kicker this this' is what sucks too. I'm sorry I'm laughing, but it's just it's just hard for me to fathom that people were okay with this. but Jim would just be walking and he's like walking through my church, walking through There's a, a a healthy young kid right there that could be my son if I only bear a child to him. but you know what? I'm gonna make the father write him over to me. so th- that is now my son. like he would just pick and choose kids. And they would become what? His- yeah. Wow. He's like, you are in the rainbow community. You're in the rainbow Not you, but you are in the rainbow, com- you, you wow. in the rainbow community. <laughs> what yeah. the heck? Wow. Yeah, this guy was but something.
1: You didn't even else. have rights to your own children?
0: Nope. If he felt that he wanted your children, you had to sign them over. To- he- you had to have him sign them over to you. Wow. Yeah.
1: Like they're just a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I'm sorry, I couldn't last in that church. Yeah, I mean, he's taking. Me
1: I would have been gone the moment Mrs. Jones arrived.
0: Yeah, me I mean, and Jim <laughs> would have been. Quite- <laughs> I mean, these people have nothing. I mean, all their earthly possessions are gone now. He's able to play with their kids and their wives and their, I mean, they and, and make them do whatever they want. So, yeah, and it just gets worse. I mean, how worse can it get? In 1973, Jim Jones begins abusing morphine and drugs and now he's not only sleeping with women but men yes men. Well,
2: and this is where it goes
0: <laughs> yes Um, he would preach that there's a that there's a hidden part in every man that wants to sleep with another man who has that in them to love unconditionally and wherever he wants And so that was his reasoning, and you know what? He forced these men to dabble with their own sexuality and explore themselves through his, well, manhood. So he would find out that... Nobody questioned that. Nobody questioned it, and here's the worst part. So it's one thing to, you know, if that's your thing, you want to have sex with a man, that's fine. If it's, I mean whatever right like it, it's it's you, you could sleep if with whoever you want yeah if it's consensual but here's the thing that made it wrong and and again i'm not speaking out towards the gay community or anything but here's what made it wrong because jim would make it a point to find out those that weren't agreeing with his intentions or his word in the church that were men that did not want to have sex with other men that were clearly heterosexual and he would make it a point to have sex with him. And the thing was, is having sex with Jim was a privilege in the congregation. To where people were like, "Oh my God, we're having sex with a godlike figure. It's gonna make us closer." So even the men would have sex against their will with Jim. So basically, he's raping them. And then they would write him a letter back because he requested a letter, and they would re- write him a letter that would that they would say. Thank you, Jim, for opening our eyes, even though it was not a good experience and I'm bleeding. I still would like to thank you for the opportunity to sleep with such a godlike figure. They were brainwashed and raped. What? Yes. I mean, it's one thing if they were open to it, but.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, no no disrespect to anybody's sexual orientation, but if someone doesn't want to do something whether they're heterosexual homosexual whatever they may be you can't force anyone to do something they don't want to do
0: yeah because he was doing the same things with couples and then he was also sleeping with other women against their their counterparts will you yeah know so I mean? he was raping men and women exactly exactly um yeah
2: this jim jones guy uh I case, expected
1: it to go in this direction. I knew. I, I didn't. There. I
2: didn't expect it to go. I did. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, towards homosexuality. If
1: yeah. This guy would stop at nothing. I expected all.
2: I didn't expect it. I thought I knew for sure he was gonna start taking women for himself. And, you know, but yeah, I, I I did not know the men. Now, if he goes to the furthest, or furthest step, which is not that, which is not a good thing. If he goes to children, then. I don't know what to say.
0: Well, not to uh, give any more spoiler alerts, but what happens is we're going to wrap this one up here um, Uh with the Indianapolis reporters who still were talking to some of the ones that left the congregation were finding out about the way he had treated them over there. The money that was stolen from them. Now that they realized um, that it wasn't going to what they thought it was and all this other stuff, the, Reporters came out west and began to be very alarmed that they had armed guards and that there was a bigger, better compound and it looked more um, well-established and they were like, wait, we had all these issues in Indianapolis and now it's like seven times bigger here in California. Like we should really tell. So, So they wrote a story in the newspapers for Indianapolis, but they also shared it with the San Francisco reporters. So now you have san francisco reporters and local government officials starting to look into the compound and the abuse stories (laughs) and the kids so we're going to leave it right here with now the investigations coming but part and i know there was no killing other than animals but unfortunately in part two there will be some audio and it will be strongly advised that um if you have a weak heart, not to uh, listen for the next episode. Spoiler alert. Yes.
1: Well, a warning.
0: Well,
2: yeah, warning, warning for those who are listening. Yep. Uh, I fear what it might be, but we're just gonna have to wait till next time.
0: Yeah, there is there is a lot to get into for the next episode. Um, which would be like this one again like we do with most of our, our two parters or whatever usually part one is a, is a setup for part two and part one gives you all how everything started part two is going to be a lot unfortunately of um, the hardships of these people that continue to follow him and what was the end result which is not pretty mm. yeah
2: well I can't wait to listen to part two so uh thank you Todd for breaking down this part one of uh, mr Jim Jones thank and, you sir. Uh, for those who are for those who are listening we hope you enjoyed it um if you want to continue listen to us or follow us on uh, social media just go to our instagram and Facebook page once again just type in the grinding true crime leave us a comment we definitely comment back uh, so we greatly appreciate it uh leave us a like tell us what we did wrong tell us what you like about it but uh, be a fan. Also, if you want to listen to us on your podcast link, go to Podbean, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and listen to us there. Oh, and also Spotify. And if for those who are listening to us outside the country, once again, Podchaser, Radio Public Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Go to RedBubble.com, type in Todd Fox 80 to buy some merchandise, and please leave us a five-star liking. We would greatly appreciate it. So with all that being said, we are signing off. This is Maddie Matt, along with our narrator for today. Todd Fox. And the other host of the show. Gabby. And we are out of here.
1: Toodles.
0: Peace. Y'all come back to my <laughs> church and hear part two next week, y'all here.